Hello, and welcome to the Seasons Leadership Podcast, where we bring you actionable advice to improve your leadership and life today. Thank you for joining me, Debbie Collard, and my co-host, Susan Ireland. As professional certified coaches and co-founders of Seasons Leadership, we share a vision to transform the world one leader at a time, which drives us to reach individuals at all levels of their personal leadership journey. You've experienced plenty of examples of mediocre or maybe even bad leadership. Join us in making positive leadership the norm rather than the exception. By listening and engaging in our discussions with world-class leaders featured on this podcast, you help us achieve our mission to amplify and accelerate leadership, excellence, responsibility, and growth worldwide. Today, we're very excited to talk to Emma Hodston. Emma is a program manager at Atlassian. She is an international leader who has held roles in communications, business operations, program management, and as a chief of staff during her career. Emma has worked in both Australia and the United States and with teams around the globe. She spent 17 years working for the Boeing company, working across Boeing International, commercial airplanes, global services organizations. Some of her favorite roles were when she got to be chief of staff on multiple commercial airplane development programs, where she realized she has a superpower of being a dot connector and a big picture thinker. She has a passion for connecting people and developing future leaders. Welcome, Emma. Thanks for joining us today. Let's start with a really easy question. What are your thoughts today, as we sit here, about leadership? I think my thoughts today would be that leadership is a lot of different things at a lot of different times um, in your career journey. So it could be one day um, leading a group of people through um, a hard change and another day it could just be helping someone on their leadership journey. Wonderful. And I I know when we've um, talked with you previously, uh, for those of you who don't know, Emma has been associated with um, our Seasons Leadership Program before. And also I got the opportunity, as as did Susan, of working with Emma at Boeing uh, previous in her career to where she's working now. So Emma, talking about helping leaders and leadership being different things at different times, Tell us a story about how you like to help other leaders. Uh, That's a hard one because at different times it's meant really, really different things to me. In some of my roles as chief of staff, it was about helping really senior leaders who, you know, you think when they get up in the morning they're not just another person putting their pants on, but really they are. Um, But they're these super, like, superheroes, right? Um, Or really, really important people that you have to build strong relationships with in order to help them navigate. And as a kind of independent person on the sidelines as a chief of staff, um, being able to provide them with candid feedback in a way that they can accept and receive it is, um, I don't know, kind of the ultimate in leadership in a way. Because not only are you acting as a leader, but you're also helping someone else to be a better leader. And on the flip side of that, um, early on when I was first a manager, I had um, a rock star employee working for me who I knew was going to go and do great things. Um, And she maybe didn't have all the confidence in the world about her abilities or um, how amazing she was. And so 
to me in that sense, the leadership was helping her to see her potential. Um, she didn't have a degree at that point in time. And quite frankly, a lot of companies just require you to have a degree. I feel like that's shifting a little bit these days, but um, in a lot of instances, a d- degree is required. Um, and so really backing her to start her degree and then really encouraging her along the journey until she graduated and bringing up the next set of leaders. Um, that's one of my favorite things. You know, it sounded like when you were talking about helping leaders above you that are the rock stars already be better leaders or tap into their leadership sounds like a lot of influence. Like you had to do a lot of influencing and even the example you gave about uh, another person working for you and you had to lead and help them realize their own potential. Again, it's, it's about influence. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, um, and it all comes back to how you relate with people and working with people is something that I really love. Um, I think COVID was really hard for a lot of people and continues to be hard because we don't have as much in-person interaction. But when you've built those relationships and you kind of can understand um, the other person and how they work a bit, then being able to talk to them in a way that they will appreciate what you're saying is important. I think it's, it's influence and it's communication, right? And and being on the same level with someone and realizing we're all the same and none of us are perfect. We're never going to be perfect. Um, and every day is a new challenge. So um, those senior leaders that you're working with, um, they, they're just like you and they were at your point at one point, right? They were early in their career. And I was early in my career when I was working with some of those leaders and they were some of the most senior leaders in the company. And it was a bit daunting at first, um, for sure. <laughs> you just worked through it. Well, I'm curious, Emma. There's lots of questions that I have for you because uh, working with senior leaders like that and giving your candid, honest feedback to them in a way that they can hear is is not easy. And one of the challenges of being a leader is that people tend to tell you what they think you want to hear. So you were opposite of that. I was. And I wouldn't say I was on the day one in the job, right? You've got to be able to build up the relationships before you can be completely candid. But you get more candid along the way, right? And I think especially in chief of staff roles, you're really employed to be the person that's seeing the things that that person isn't. And for any senior leader who has a good chief of staff, I would say oftentimes they're not a lot like the senior leader. Um, One guy that I worked with in particular, we couldn't have been more different. I mean, I think if you did any personality test or star signs or whatever, we were like opposites. Um, And that's why it worked well. Um, And you've just got to kind of ease into it and see how they receive it at first, I think. Um, But, you know, you could be sitting in a meeting and they're busy because they're distracted by, you know, something that's on fire that day. And you've got to be able to walk out of the meeting next to them and go, okay, you missed X, Y, Z in that meeting. We're going to need to have a follow-up with this person. And by the way, because you sat there on your Blackberry, back then it was Blackberries, um, everyone, everyone thinks you weren't listening. 
So you need to pay attention to that. And you've just got to be really like, I don't know, it, it does take a fair set of, I don't know what the word is, fortitude. Yeah. How, well, you have fortitude and courage? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a story of maybe when you were successful at that and maybe when it didn't work? <laughs> um, look, the successes are probably more forgotten than the ones that were less successful. Okay. Um, I think the times that it was less successful, it would be, you know, when you work with someone really closely, you kind of know what they're expecting and, and what they're going to respond well to. And so the times it didn't work well, it was generally providing guidance to people who thought that they knew better than me. And so it wasn't well received by them. You know, it was um, people who had a way of doing things and they wanted to keep doing it their way um, and not adjust to maybe get a better outcome. And um, in those instances, I think it was it was still an interaction to learn from, right? And I, and I don't know if I ever went, I mean, I never gave up though on it, right? So if someone didn't take it one time, then they went ahead and did their thing and, you know, maybe it went well, maybe it didn't go as well, but they might see that my advice had the merit to it. So the next time they'd be a little bit more open and the next time they'd be a little bit more open and then they'd be coming to you going, hey, I've got to get in front of so-and-so because this is going on. What's, like, what's the best way to do it? And so it's like building up the trust. Right. Well, you're very tenacious. Yes. I believe when I was 15 and I was traveling in America, um, I bought a bracelet um, that had a animal inside it. And the, it, I, so I decided it was my spirit animal and the meaning was tenacious. So. Really? Very yeah. interesting. <laughs> it sounded like from that story too, Emma, that it was both things in one story, right? So it started out maybe not going so well. Um, because they didn't want to listen to you. And as you built up the trust by keeping giving the advice and being tenacious and having that courage that eventually they started trusting you enough to come to you for what they should do in a given situation. So it sounds like both the not being successful and the being successful were maybe often parts of the same story for you. Absolutely. I mean, there were times when I totally crashed and burned. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't always leading to success. Um, but it's again, like dusting yourself off and getting back up and, and keeping on going. You mentioned success. So I'm curious to use Susan's phrase. How do you personally define success? I think it's about the level of satisfaction that you have at the end of each day. Um, and sometimes even just looking back and being able to reflect on what you've done, oftentimes you don't recognize it in the moment. Having spent eight years living in the U.S., um, having multiple jobs, I went over there for a six-month assignment, stayed eight years, um, and people would ask me what I did. But like my family would ask me what I did. And, I, you know, oh, you know, I do this, do that. Like never really stop to think about it because it was a busy time 
but looking back I think about it and I'm like man I got to do so many amazing things and I've worked with so many amazing people and like had an amazing career to date and so I think it's the reflecting on it and the you know you got to be able to be proud of yourself and now I'm spurred to ask you so you're reflecting backwards this was success what going forward what does success look like for you Ah, so I think what you want in a career changes a lot um, throughout your life. And I have a five-year-old son who is absolutely amazing um, and I wouldn't trade for anything. But when I had him, it really did alter to me kind of my priorities. I had previously been a hardworking, climbing the corporate ladder uh, person who aspired to, I don't know, more and more senior roles in a company because that's the ladder that I was climbing. And then I had my son, Grant, and things shifted because they just do when you become a parent. And I wanted to make sure that I would still get to have as much time with him as possible. Um, And I'm a single parent, which adds to the challenges of it sometimes. So success going forward is having a good work-life blend because work-life balance doesn't really happen. And, you know, it it made me change careers um, and change companies so that I could have a better lifestyle to be able to have work and family um, really balanced in my life. So, yeah, I think that's what success is going forward ask me again in a couple of years it will change yeah I like that way you talked about that about uh, your not only your priorities but your definition of success changes as you go throughout your life and throughout your career at a given place because let's face it life happens right things change in your life that affects how you feel about that so on the topic of change you've had a lot of change in your life living in the u.s when you were 15 then back to australia then back to the u.s for eight years then back to australia working with international team team that's all over the world you've had lots of change and lots of new starts in places so talk a little bit about that and and uh how leadership came into play in that and in going through change I've had a fair bit of change and I think a lot of it I kind of just didn't even really think about at the time, which is an interesting kind of reflection to have when you think, oh yeah, you know, I'm just going to move halfway around the world. And when I was 15 and I did a student exchange, it was, it was a huge shock to the system when I got there and I thought, oh, wait a minute, you know, no one I love or care about is here. I'm all by myself halfway around the world. In a time where there wasn't, you know, FaceTime or Zoom or anything like that. Um, And maybe that's kind of what set me up in the future for being able to deal with more of that, um, more change and more movement. Um, But I think as well, in a lot of ways, it was um, just saying yes to opportunities because it was exciting, right? 
And there's a metaphor that someone said to me once, and if they're listening, tell me who you were because I love this metaphor, um, of walking down of walking down a hallway in a hotel. So a hotel corridor, you're walking down, and there's doors on every side. And at some points in your career, you're walking down the hall knocking, like when you're looking for a new job, knocking on every door to say, oh, is this a job for me? Oh, is this a job for me? Is this a job for me? You know? Anyway, and then you walk along and like a door opens and you just get yanked in and that's your next opportunity. <laughs> Sometimes you're walking down the hallway and you're just trying to get to the room at the end of the hall and you get pulled into a room halfway along and it's like, no, this is what you're going to do now. Um, and just being willing to try things. Um, yes, change is hard. And yes, it can really throw a wrench in your system um, and it can be hard to kind of embrace but I feel like it's the I don't know what it is about change I've just always been willing to embrace it so being open to those opportunities even if you get yanked out of the hallway into a particular room that you weren't headed for yeah at the time yeah and and some of those have been the best jobs my first chief of staff job was like that I was working in communications and they said, oh, we think you'd be great for this job. Would you be willing to interview for it? And then I started in it the next day. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, I did not know what a chief of staff was or the person I was working for. So that was kind of <laughs> risky. <laughs> but it sounds like it all worked out nonetheless. That was probably the favorite job that I ever had. It was insane, absolutely insane, but wonderful. Well, it seems like you don't fight change, where I think some of us sometimes fight change and uh, resist. And so you we don't see the good things that maybe the, the change is bringing. And you don't fight it. You go with it and make the best of it and actually leverage it. So that one yank into that spe- specific room changed the trajectory of your career. It did, absolutely. Um, and I would say I'm not as optimistic as Debbie is. <laughs> and when we used to work together, we would joke about that. Um, she got to be Joy and I got to be Disdain. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it is kind of a little bit about being that optimistic, um, looking forward to the future and knowing that it's not certain. I've never been a person who has had a 10-year plan. Um, I admire the people who do. I would love to have one some days. But in 10 never, years. Yeah, maybe in 10 years. Maybe when I grow up. Um, but it's just, you know, you know it's not going to, well, I don't, I think you can put things out there that you want in life and work towards them, but you don't know the path to get there necessarily. So, yeah, I do. I think it. You've got to be optimistic and, and and know that it's not, you know, the path is ever curving, ever winding, ever something. And there's things around the corner that you can't see at any point in time. So things are going to happen and you have to be willing to adjust, and which means that that openness of being willing to try new things comes up quite frequently right it does and I think when I was on my career journey there were a lot of people who had very specific careers that they were following Mm 
And my career hasn't been that way. And maybe that's my personality or getting pulled into random doors or whatever it is. But, you know, I started out as a secretary straight out of university because, quite frankly, I needed a job. I was a poor student um, and moved, you know, moved into communications and then chief of staff and then business operations and project management and program management and in a way um, it made it more difficult sometimes because your trajectory wasn't quite as clear for other people to see maybe like and and even for you like what is my tribe where do I fit who are the people that I need to get in with to be successful um and I spent a fair bit of time at one point in my career really thinking about that and what tribe I was going to be a part of and where I was going to like kind of attach to 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 climb up the ladder right because you can't just keep chopping and changing and I kind of did I kind of didn't I think you never like it's about what works for you and who you are um and for me it was never going to be like a very straight down the line path I would love would have loved to have been an engineer part of me would have loved to have been an engineer and just gone this is the track but it, it wasn't a single track and I've loved loved the variety of it Thanks again for joining us on the Seasons Leadership Podcast, where together we amplify and accelerate leadership excellence, responsibility, and growth worldwide. Seasons Leadership offers one-on-one coaching on an ongoing basis. Coaching is a powerful tool to help you unlock your leadership potential. We partner with you in a thought-provoking, creative process to inspire you to maximize your personal and professional growth. Both of us, Debbie and Susan, are professional certified coaches through the International Coach Federation, ICF. ICF is the only globally recognized independent credentialing program for coach practitioners and awards credentials to professional coaches who have met stringent educational and experience requirements and have demonstrated a thorough understanding of the coaching competencies that set the standard in the profession. Are you interested in exploring coaching? Contact us at www.seasonsleadership.com. The first 30-minute session is free to allow you to meet your coach of choice, either Debbie or I, and discuss the process. You know, we all have goals we want to reach, challenges that we're striving to overcome, and times when we feel stuck. Partnering with a coach can change your life, setting you on the path to greater personal and professional fulfillment. Now, back to our discussion. And so you just recently um, changed companies altogether. Big, a big change for you. How did you find your tribe there? I'm still finding it. Um, it has been a really big shift um, from going, going from, a, you know, 150,000 person big US corporation that's over 100 years old to a, they just turned 20. Um, so they're not that young. Um, 20 year old, around 8,000 people now uh, and growing really quickly tech companies. It was very progressive. Um, 
And I would say the thing that I am loving about being there, and I've been there for nine months, so I've got some good good tribe people already. Um, but the people there are just amazing. There are so many really, really smart people, and they're all really welcoming and wanting to help. And, I mean, I think that's true. If you're willing to ask for help, you will always find the people who will help. It's being willing to ask for it that's the hard part. And I think the one of the reasons I targeted Atlassian in a way as a place to work was because of the company values that they um, have. And they have five company values. But really, I think it was about, for me, about authenticity and being able to show up every day um, as yourself um, and be embraced for that. And um, I've been really enjoying the journey there so far. It's been a steep learning curve for sure. Well, I want to take us back to your work-life blend. And, you know, I can, we hear that you have a, a little bit of a cold today. And so you're working and uh, you're a mum, right? That's how we say it in Australia. <laughs> yep. So can you talk a little bit about how you do it? Um, I think of every day at the end of the day as being pure magic. <laughs> um, it is a bit of a miracle some days being a parent um, and getting through to the end of the day. But uh, I think at some point you realise you've just got to set some boundaries about what is going to work for you and what isn't going to work for you. So um, a part of the reason I changed careers was uh, – Working for a U.S. company with a lot of my team in the U.S., the hours were challenging as a parent. Um, and so a part of my move was I wanted to work for a company that was, you know, based in Australia or the team I would be working with was more based in a local time zone. And then I think it's about, you know, I think once upon a time I had a very separate work life and a private life and a separate work calendar and a personal calendar. And now it's kind of all in one because school hours here in Australia, school drop-off is 8.20 to 8.50 and school ends at 2.50 in the afternoon. And I don't know anyone who works those hours um, in a kind of corporate kind of role. So you've got to be able to work um, and juggle. Um, so I think it's about juggling. I think it's about setting boundaries. And I think it's about making sure that you stop and think about what's going to be giving you energy and what's going to drain your energy and prioritizing that because little people in your life require a lot of like nurturing and love and care and they can pick up on it when you've had a rough day. So um, they're happy to give you all the cuddles in the world, I'm sure. Um, but You've got to be able to still have energy for them at the end of the day as well. Right. What gives you energy? That's a great question. Um, I do not do enough of it at the moment because it's winter here. Uh, but going to the beach, I live close by to the beach. Um, and going to the beach really does recharge my batteries. Um, 
and spending time with people I love, connecting with them, whether, you know, I have great friends that are in America, but I don't get to see in person. So it could be on Zoom or FaceTime or one of those mediums um, or just sitting on the couch with one of my sisters. Um, I would say I'm an extrovert generally, um, and I think both of you would agree with that. But I find myself enjoying some time that's just me. And I think that's being a parent, right? You don't necessarily get a lot of that. So it's the time that you just go <sighs> and exhale and breathe and like, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. just be for a little bit. Oh, and music. I Music is, you know, but the old saying music tames even the savage beast. Um, on a bad day or a good day, you can put a good track on and um, it will energize you. Well, on that note, I don't know if you have heard, but we, uh, Debbie and I picked summer songs. You know, something that, awesome. yeah, now I know you're in winter. So maybe, That's okay. do you have a winter song that you listen to? Um. <laughs> Like a theme song. <laughs> so at work recently we did this thing and I really loved it called Belonging Hour and you had to send in a song that was representative of a time in your life when you felt like you really belonged. Oh, I love and that. And then, what did you then we created a playlist of all the songs. Um, and I've been listening to that playlist because it's super diverse. And a bunch of different music that I would never have heard otherwise. Um, and the song that I sent in was One in a Million, which is by an Australian punk band. However, there is another song called One in a Million that was in Miss Congeniality when they're all coming out in the pageant waving. And the people, the people who pulled the playlist together put the Miss Congeniality song in there. <laughs> <laughs> and so everyone's listening to it going, okay, all right. Uh, and then they go, so whose song was that? And I go, guess it's me, but it's actually not the right song. And it was, I mean, you two both know me, Miss Congeniality and, and I, probably not the best fit. <laughs> Miss Congeniality, disdain. Hmm, maybe not. Yes. Miss Congeniality, Australian punk band, you know, like. Um, and so for me, it was a song from my youth, right? I used to go see this band with my friends in high school and in university. And apparently they're just playing gigs again at the moment. I thought they'd retired. but That's great. <laughs> will, you, will you send us the link to the right one? And so we can put it in the show notes. They got to be on a sure. YouTube or something, right? Oh, no. Yeah. It's on Spotify. Okay, good. It's, it's out there. Yeah. That's good. Um yeah, we'd love that. Is the is that the belonging be playlist also on Spotify? It is. I assume it's open. I'll I'll send it to you so Good. you can have a listen. Because there there are songs from all over the world. Um the company I'm working for at the moment, there are just people from everywhere and I love it. Um the different music has been, you know, I'll listen to it when I'm walking to pick up grain or whatever, and it's like just it's really cool. I love that idea. I just love that idea. But in all seriousness, I would say the song 
for summer is um, sky full of stars because it's out of scene two and it's the fight scene in scene two and so it's Grant's favourite song and he sings it at the top of his lungs and it just is so adorable. And it's one that makes you happy. Yeah, and it's one that makes, like, it's got a good, like, uplifting that yeah. song. So that would be the song. Because then, you know, Australian punk bands are cool, but they're, like, not everyone's cup of tea as I drink my tea. We're going to wrap up shortly here so you can uh, have some more tea speaking of that, (laughs) and soothe your throat a little bit more. But so would you leave us with the answer to this question? If you had to name one or two things that you feel made you successful as a leader that you'd like to share with our listeners that they could apply, what would those be? Say yes. Qualified with, but know your boundary. And be clear on what it is that does fuel you at work because it's easy to know what it is outside of work. But, you know, it could be that you absolutely rock out and jam on Excel spreadsheets and having that as part of your job is going to make you a better everything. Or it could be that connecting with people is what you really love. Or it could be, you know, so knowing what fuels you. And before I get off the stage, I just want to put a plug in for women supporting other women in the workplace and not thinking of each other as competition. Um, Because I think that can kind of naturally happen. I feel like in high school, that's kind of how we're bred to be, right? There's a competition there. And you've got to be really intentional about it, recognizing that everyone has something different to bring. And we as women have so much that we can do to support each other. There's just a lot of common ground between us. And, you know, you might end up going for the same job as someone, but so what? The right thing will work out. Um, Supporting each other and lifting each other up is going to make us all better. Especially thank you for joining us today when you're feeling under the weather. We really appreciate you and you doing that. I wouldn't be a good leader if I didn't say that you should stop and take care of yourself when you're not well, but I actually am okay. It's just (laughs) my throat uh, that sounds bad. So thank you. So we'll add that to the list of things people can take away. Stop and take care of yourself when you're not feeling well. (laughs) So Emma, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you being with us. It's been wonderful hearing from you about your leadership journey and advice for our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you listeners for joining us for the Seasons Leadership Podcast, where through our discussions with incredible leaders, we bring you actionable advice to improve your leadership and life today. From our discussion today, Debbie, with Emma Hudson. I heard so many good takeaways and things that I can use immediately. One in particular, her metaphor about the hallway and the doors in the hallways, like if you're in a hotel room, I thought was fascinating. It's kind of a way to look at life, not just career. But 
she wove in that idea of you're going down the hallway and then you have these doors that you can look into for different careers or opportunities. And she she wove in the concept of change in it, that every time you kind of open up a door, you could be, you know, yanked in to some kind of change that could change your whole path of your life. And she acknowledged that change is hard, but that by being open to change, that it really could be tremendous opportunities that you would never have seen before. I love that metaphor too. And especially when she was talking about uh, some of the most favorite things she's done so far in her career came from those places where she got yanked <laughs> through a doorway that she wasn't expecting. Uh, and and the corollary to that was, or the the flip side, as she called it, was that's great to be open to opportunities and you also need to know your boundaries and be clear on your boundaries with other right. people. Right. I And then she talked uh, you know about energy also which was was really fantastic to hear about um knowing what gives you energy versus what drains your energy and being really clear on what fuels you at work. She said we're usually clear on what fuels us outside of work, but maybe not so much in the workplace and, and figuring that out for yourself and gravitating towards those types of uh, roles and opportunities. Yeah. You know, she gave the example of the Excel spreadsheet and I thought that's a great example. It's not one for me. It was. Yeah, it's not one for me that gives me energy. <laughs> However, I do know people like that, and they can really get into it. And you can see their energy, you know, raise when they're even talking about it. So that's that's interesting and and true. I also really enjoyed it, and it was so much fun when we talked about her summer song. Um, yeah, yes. So I'm so glad that you know th this is kind of taking hold. Her summer song was Sky Full of Stars in Sing Too. And and I love how she, you know, wrapped up her son and how he sings it and how it just gives her a lot of energy. And it's just fun. Me too. In fact, it inspired me. I need to go watch Sing Too because I haven't seen it yet. So now I'll have yeah. something to look for. Yeah, I think I need to too. I don't think I've seen it either. Well, I hope you take these words of wisdom and advice with you on your leadership journey. Remember, no matter what level or role, you can become more than you are today. And the world needs you. When you fulfill your unique purpose, you strengthen the organizations and the communities in which you live and work. Thank you for being a part of our positive leadership change. And thank you to the people who make this podcast happen. Lauren Penning, our communication and marketing leader, and Eric Wilson, our producer, as well as the artists who provided our original music. Visit our show page at www.seasonsleadership.com slash podcast to subscribe to our email list and receive free leadership insights, best practices, tools, and community support for your personal leadership journey. And tune in on Wednesdays for upcoming episodes where we will be interviewing more leaders just like Emma Hudson. Until next time, have a great day.